morning. Good morning. Our scripture reading today is Acts 2, 42-47, and you can follow along with verse 9 in your bulletin. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, if you're here and you've been here before, in recent weeks, you might be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, we've heard a sermon on this passage already. You do not need to re-preach something to us. <laughs> or you might be thinking, oh, Lee listened to Jeremy's sermon and he didn't like it, so he's going to re-preach it. Let me assure you of two things. One, I liked Jeremy's sermon. I thought it was very good. Uh, and two, it's never bad for us to go over the pa same passage over and over and over again. If you were here a few years ago when we went through the book of 1 John, you remember that almost every sermon was the same about God's love for us because that's a lot about what 1 John is about. And so that is okay for us to be in this passage again. The reason why we're here is because it guides us into a new series that we're going to be going through. This series is entitled Devoted Beyond Ticking the Box. And we see here in this passage, this early church were devoted to something. And so we want to look at that word devoted today before we look at those things that maybe help us to be devoted people. What does devoted actually mean? Well, you might think to yourself, because recently Olivia Newton-John has passed away, that great song, Hopelessly Devoted to You. And if you know the lyrics of that song, you recognize that they're about a terrible relationship. <laughs> and that she is saying, because even though you're so bad, I'm hopelessly devoted to you. Let me assure you of this. This is not a devotion that is against all hope. This is not a devotion that we're looking in that says, in spite of all the warning signs, I'm going to keep plowing through. This is a devotion that says, I want to have single purpose and intent. Think of it more as someone who is training for something. That they know that there are sacrifices that need to be made in order to achieve this goal. So for instance, if you wanted to become a piano player that got into WAPA and then became a, a concert pianist and maybe got to play eventually in the Sydney Opera House or someplace famous like that, Carnegie Hall, then you would know that I would have to give up life, I would have to give up friendships, I would have to give up all sorts of things to practice diligently on that. And we would say that person is devoted to that goal, that sacrifices 
have to be done. And so when we think about this early church and them starting out this brand new thing as uh, a gathering of people who are coming through Judaism and saying this is something that God has called us to, we recognize that there are things that they are moving towards, right? We see that, and Jeremy did a good job pointing them out to us. There's God's story, or the words of the apostles, the Bible, those teachings that were given. There's prayer, there's fellowship, there's worship, there's generosity, there's hospitality. And then there's mission, there's working together, and then finding favor among all those people who were around them. Some have often called these spiritual practices, things that we do. And maybe you've heard the phrase, practice makes perfect. No, perfect practice makes perfect. Imperfect practice gives us the opportunity to be better at what we do. So the early church is gathered together and they're looking at these things and saying, we need to be about these things. No. No. That's not what they were devoted to. See, I think what we miss sometimes when we read these passages is we go, these are the eight things that I need to do to become a better Christian. Or we think these are the eight things that I keep being told to do that I keep struggling with and keep failing at so I can't possibly be a good Christian. And we respond one of two ways. We either say, ah, I'm good and God loves me because I'm doing the things. Or we think this can't possibly be true so I will just neglect them and put them aside. That's because when we read this passage, we go, they were devoted to these things, right? Or continuing in them is what the word would also mean for us. I believe that these are the things that are springing from their devotion. That in fact, these things that we're seeing, the, the teaching of the word, the, the fellowship, the generosity, the hospitality are actually the fruit of the object of their devotion. And the object of their devotion wasn't the items in this process. They were in fact a person. That person is the one who had saved them. And it's the reason why this ragtag group of people were able to connect on any level as they gathered together. That their devotion rested solely and squarely on Jesus Christ. In fact, I would say that in doing these things, they are living out the very commandment that Jesus said. When Jesus was asked by the scribes and they said to him, hey, Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? And in Mark 12, we see Jesus answer this way. The most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord of your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these things. 
And so as this early church was gathering, and for us as we begin to think, what is a devoted life? We move away from believing that it is tasks that are given to us that we must be devoted to. But in fact, it is the person of Jesus that we are all in with. That we are continuing in fellowship with him. And these very things become the way that we receive and express our love for God and our love for others. Because they walk in line with the way that Christ lived. You see, Christ is the one who sets the example of what holding on to Scripture is. Christ is the one who sets the example of what fellowship is. Christ is the one who shows us how to pray. Christ is the one with the generous heart, the hospitable heart. And Christ is the one who found favor outside of the religious entities of those who were in desperate need of healing and wholeness. And so we begin to recognize as we step into this that our devotion is not about the task. It is, in fact, about Jesus. Maybe it's good to think of it this way. And these things that we're talking about, whether it be God's story or prayer or fellowship or worship or generosity or hospitality. Some of those that you might hear and go, yep, I can do those. <laughs> and some of those you hear and you go, I never want to do those again. Right? Think of them this way. Instead of the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Or the thing that makes me right. How many of you bowl? Not long bowl, but ten pin bowling. Bowling, right? Ball, balls bowling. Any of you? Okay. So in bowling, there's ten pins at the end of the line. You have a ball weighs a bit of weight, you're going to throw that ball down there and you're going to hope that it strikes the pins. When it strikes the pins, you want those pins to fall down. If they don't fall down, you get one more shot. If that misses, then it wipes it away and you get a score. Now there's an obstacle in the way and they're called gutters. They go along the side of the lane. Now, if you're a good bowler, you can bowl and not make it into the gutters. But if you're an okay bowler, there will be a time in your 10 frames that you quite possibly might hit the ball, throw the ball into the gutter. What the gutter does is it takes it completely away from the pins. You have no chance, unless you throw it with such great velocity that it bounces into the gutter and bounces out of the gutter and then hits the pins. But, if you go to a really good bowling they have a thing called bumpers. <laughs> now what bumpers allow you to do is close off the gutters. You open them up so that when you throw the ball and you see it heading for the gutter, you go, oh no, but it hits the bumper and comes back in. Now, a fun game to play is to see how many times you can hit the bumper before it actually gets to the pins. But that's a whole other point. As you're throwing it, it might hit the bumper, it glances off, and it does hit the pins. Now, there's a couple of things about this. It is still you, in your particularity, who is rolling the ball. It doesn't change the way. So if, you, if you're a spinner then it's going to spin. Regardless, if you have to be one that has to go like this, 
then it's that. I, I've seen guys lay down on the floor and push the ball. There might have been other things going on. But the particularity of who you are does not change because you put the bumpers up. You are the one rolling the ball. The second thing is, it'd be perfect if they would bring the bumpers in just a little bit more to aim right at the edge of that number one pin so that all I would need to do is have enough velocity in my toss that it would stay perfectly on track to hit that pin and have a strike every time. They don't do that either. So it's not perfect every time. What they do is they give you your best chance to succeed in hitting at least some of the pins. So, if we are walking in a devoted life that is beyond ticking the boxes, we first recognize that our heart and our minds and our souls and our strengths are devoted to the one who pursues us in love, Jesus. And then we recognize that Jesus has given us our best opportunity in order to walk in devotion to his love and love for others by giving us things like his word to study and prayer and worship and generosity and hospitality. And it is no longer a place of obligation, but it is looking at it as an opportunity to show forth the devotion I have. Taking away, hopefully, any shame and guilt that we might feel when we fell miserably at doing these things. Because we've set up a false idol that by doing them, we somehow become righteous. And we don't. It is only through God's grace and mercy that we do. So some of you are still hearing that and going, yeah. I happened to see a, a photo memory recently of about four years ago where I looked good, really good. I, I was as thin as I had been. I was svelte. I might not have been really healthy on the inside. I don't know how that was going because I didn't go to the doctor, but I looked good. And the reason why I looked good is because I had put myself on this diet that's called the metabolic diet. I paid money for it. And what it did is it looked at my life, who I was, looked at my blood work and said, these are the only things you can eat. This is the only amount of these things that you can eat. This is when you can eat them, and that is all. So I had things like sweet potatoes, the only kind of starch that I was able to have. I had certain kinds of cheeses, but not cheeses that I didn't like. And if you were here while I was on that time, you will remember I lamented almost every Sunday that I could no longer eat peanut butter. <clears throat> and it worked. I buckled down. I had accountability because I was paying money and I was going to see the person who was administrating it to me. 
And I began to shed case. I began to feel a little bit better. But every dinner time became increasingly monotonous. Every dinner time became increasingly difficult. I would be asked to go out to eat with someone and I would have to think to myself, well, how's that going to work? You can only have coffee during the times that you can eat. So I would go have a coffee with someone and get hot water. Now that's not that bad. Hot water is good. But no lemon. Just hot water. And so by the end, I hit my goal. I said, yes. And I went out and I started eating exactly the way I used to. Now, I still look okay. I hold my weight well. Most of you would not even be able to guess how much I weigh. You'd be under, trust me. But the goal that I had was to lose weight. It was not to be healthy and transform my life. The goal I had was to get in the size of pants that I wore in high school, which I did, and that was fun for a bit. It was not to be able to live life with energy to the fullest, to have my cholesterol go down so I can be healthier, to protect my heart. When we set Things that are gifts from God in His graciousness to help us walk in His devotion that He has for us and the devotion we have for Him. We make those very things a burden. A stumbling block even to our own growth to Him. And so what my hope is that through this series and even today, you will hear that as you put your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength towards loving God, the one who so steadfastly pursues you in an everlasting love, a love that is restorative and redemptive. A love that will bring you to a place of joy. A love that gives you all that you need. That as you walk in those ways, you will not see these gifts as a burden, but as a benefit. That it will not cause you to grow weary in your pursuits, but that it will show you how the steadfast one is pursuing you in these very gifts that he has given to us. And we will unlock them together so that we will no longer stand in a place of our own righteousness or pushing away from the things that God has given us to see his great love for us. But we will wholeheartedly take hold of them so that we can in fact be devoted to the one who loves us and to all those that we come encounter. Let me pray for us.
Jesus, help us. Walk with us and give us grace and mercy. Let us receive that from you today. In those places where we have neglected because we have grown weary or these tools and these gifts have become a burden to us, Lord, change our hearts again. Let us find joy in them. And God, in those places where we have been consistent and faithful, but yet we've done it in duty and it has puffed us up and not brought us to love that builds us up, we ask for forgiveness. Have mercy on us in that. Walk with us in this series. Keep us always mindful that the thing that we are devoted to, our single purpose, our move, the thing we want to continue in is you. Because you are the one who has loved us with a steadfast love and longs to bring us into whole relationship with yourself, with who we are, with all those around us and the very place that we live. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Let's stand and respond together by singing.